Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Great job. Way to go. I really appreciate that. I mean, and, and I, I appreciate getting to hear from you um, how the Lord has been writing this on your hearts and minds. It's, it's been fun getting to hear some of the memory, uh, memorization techniques that you guys have, but it's also been really fun um, hearing how you, you know, I've had people tell me how, like, just the, some of these phrases in this verse are kind of coming out in their kind of everyday speech, you know, and they're like, oh, dude. God really is writing this on my heart and mind. You know, as I start thinking, oh, hey, yeah, my life's really not about me. It's about Christ. And all of a sudden they're like, where did that come from? Uh, and, and so I just want to encourage you. Um, today's the last week, but that doesn't mean you have to stop memorizing. And this verse is really key to us understanding both our relationship with God, but also our relationship with each other. It's not about me. My life, crucified with Christ right? Your life. As a believer in Jesus Christ, your life, crucified with Christ. The life we live right here in the flesh, we're living it by faith in the Son of God who loves you. You are loved. Who gave himself for you on that cross. That's what it's all about. Amen? All right. We are in chapter 6 today. Last, last sermon in Galatians. I have been having a ton of fun. I love, love, love uh, Galatians, and, and it's just been uh, awesome and, uh, to get to, you know, kind of jog our way through it. And, um, and uh, this is one of those times when um, the chapter breaks, which are not inspired by God, okay, just end up in the wrong spot. I'm just saying, this one was, te- this was terrible. Uh, th- it should not be <laughs> where it actually is because it breaks up a thought. And so uh, last week we left off talking about uh, going for a walk with the Holy Spirit, just going for the walk with the Spirit, and, um, and that as we're going for this walk with the Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit's going to be growing God's stuff in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all good stuff, right? And so as God's growing that good stuff in our lives, what he says at the end of chapter 5 is he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So in other words, temptation, sinful desires, all nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. And you're like, I don't feel like that all the time. But it's true. That's where it belongs. 
And then he says, but if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And that's where that chapter break really shouldn't be because you should go right into, you know, and brothers, if anyone's caught in a transgression. So we're going to start in verse in verse 25 and 26, because that gives us the context to understand the rest of the letter to Paul. Because remember, is Paul writing a letter to some churches that he loved, that he was concerned about, because somebody's leading them astray. And so as you and me, as, as, as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, are going for a walk with the Spirit, as God's, you know, kind of growing these Holy Spirit things in inside of us, he says, hey, hey, this is good stuff, but don't get all conceited. Don't be like, hey, have you seen my love fruit? It's pretty awesome. And my patience has been amazing. No, you see, if, you, if, if, we're, if you're looking at what God is producing in your life, it's not for you to become all conceited, like, look at me. God's doing good stuff in me. See, I have the self-control to almost not brag. No. Our fruit is not for us to get conceited. It's also not for us to, you know, to be, um, you know, provoking one another. As God is producing good fruit in your life, this isn't an opportunity for you to go around inspecting everybody else's fruit. And being like, oh, the fruit looks a little hard on the edges there. Uh, hey, what about that faithfulness? Haven't seen you around in a little while. It, this, no, 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 no. God is not producing good fruit in you so that you could go poking each other. It's not what it's for. It's also not for envying one another. You can't, as God is producing good fruit in you, it's not so that you could look at everybody else and say, man, look at their fruit. That looks awesome. I want some of that fruit. But that is what ends up happening oftentimes. It's kind of like as you, as you look around and you're like, oh, they got some Holy Spirit fruit over there. That looks pretty good. It's as if, you know, like, you know, when, when somebody is, is kind of growing in the spirit and everybody else kind of looks around and they're like, hey, man, have you seen Brandon's fruit? It is awesome. I mean, he is so loving towards his family, and I cannot begin to imagine the level of patience that he has. I mean, his wife is truly blessed to be with him, he, you know. <laughs> And, and, and his faithfulness and self-control is just, oh my, God is just growing it all over the place. No. That's not why God grows fruit in us. It's just to like look at everybody else. God grows these fruits of the Spirit in us to build us up to serve one another. And so as we're serving one another, what happens when somebody sins? Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, if anyone, you understand the term, not just certain people or these people, or those people, anyone, if anyone is, is caught in any transgression, not those transgressions, that's bad. No, no, no. If anyone is caught in any transgression, this word caught here is not like, 
you know, got your hand caught in the cookie jar by like, you know, got in trouble by getting caught by somebody, but more along the lines of being caught like trapped or ensnared or stuck, like falling into a pit and being trapped and caught or getting all tangled up in some net to be caught. If anyone is caught in any transgression, that means any sin, you who are spiritual should ostracize them and throw them out. No, it doesn't say that. You who are spiritual should nail it to the wall. No, it doesn't say that either. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And keep a watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches Humble brag for that one. Just, just shameless plug right here. Yeah, I get to teach. I love, I love getting to teach you. But I'm not the only one. You got a lot of teachers here. Teaching your Sunday school kids. Teaching your Sunday school class or your Bible study. Hey, if somebody's teaching you, share a good word with them. If somebody's been teaching your kids Sunday school, we had we had to we had to cancel Sunday school, and I you know and and as you know we I'm so blessed that a a bunch of our our teachers uh, our Sunday school teachers our teenagers they're all up at camp, and so we were calling around for subs, and there's a whole bunch of you know illness going around, as you may notice as you look around, and you're like there's a lot of empty chairs, Uh, (laughs) there's a lot of people sick right now, and and so um, you know just having to cancel that, and, and it was you know I got to hear from just a couple of people who were like. Oh man, I love Sunday school. Bummer. And you know, it'll it'll be back next, you know. Um, but you know, I think this this sense in which we we get to share, you know, these good words. They're teaching us, you know, the scriptures, and we get to t- share with them a good word as well. Um, do not be deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. All right, let's pause pause the reading for the Scriptures and go back to uh, what's going on in in verse 1. So, as we have been, you know, going for a walk with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is producing, you know, spirit fruit in our lives and in good stuff, um, and we're we're not getting distracted by envy or anything like that, what happens when somebody gets caught in sin? We get to bear one another's burdens. Get to. What's a burden? Burden is a load that we need to carry, you know, usually heavy, or a heavy responsibility. I love this word. It's used as both a noun and a verb, and uh, I just kind of get excited about geeky little things like that, um, that, that, that a burden can be both. 
So what, 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 is God, what is God saying to us? That if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on yourselves, bear, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens. This is, so the idea behind this is that if someone is trapped in sin, they're caught. We get to, as brothers and sisters in Christ, come alongside, jump into that trap with them, and help bear that burden. Help carry that burden and carry that burden of sin all the way to the cross and leave it right there because Christ Jesus has already paid for it. He's already paid for it. And so for each and every one who has ever been caught in sin, you are not alone. But it's hard. If you think about, like, what sins burden you? Sins of the past. Where you look back on that sin in the past and you're saying, I don't think anybody could forgive that. You just carry it around. Or maybe it's the sins of the, uh, you know, of the present, uh, uh, you know, a, a sin that you are completely ashamed of and you hide it away to make sure that nobody ever sees. But as a result, you end up carrying it around with you every day. You think that you're alone only because you've made yourself alone with that burden. You're caught up in it and you feel like all you can do is just carry it around. Those exactly are the burdens that brothers and sisters in Christ are called to come alongside and help you bear that burden. But the hard part is this, that nobody knows you have that burden unless you share it. Yes, every single time you are carrying that burden, you, you, you know, and you confess that burden to the Lord and you bring it to the Lord, and, you know, but when you're carrying it yourself, you need help. And you know what? I don't like asking for help. Do you like asking for help? Okay, who likes asking, who does not like asking for help? Sean, put your hand up. <laughs> I do not like asking for help. The reason why I don't like asking for help is because if I ask for help, then that means I have to admit that I need help. And I don't like doing that. I don't like needing help. Makes me feel bad, makes me feel weak or, 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 you know, like unable or something. And I, you know, but we all need help, even though we don't like it. Reminds, it reminds me of, uh, we, were, we were moving from California to Colorado. All of our belongings got, you know, like, you know, put in the driveway in these two, like, moving pod things, which are so awesome. You know, and we, Heidi and I have been carrying things in and out, and we had, you know, four kids, and so, you know, trying to juggle children and, and you know, and moving and unpacking and everything else. And we had most of it unpacked by the time my neighbor, Jamie, you know, was pulling into the driveway he immediately got out of his car, walked over to our driveway, introduced himself and said, hey, my name's Jamie. Uh, good to meet you. We just moved in here too. Is there anything I can help out with? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Everything's going great. And then he looked at me and then he looked inside the pod and he saw two really big couches. 
and some other large furniture. And then he looked back at me, and he looked at the couch, and he looked at me, and apparently I do not look like someone who can carry large couches by themselves. And he said, are you sure? I could help with the couches. I said, yeah, you're right. I could really use some help. And he's like, oh, no problem. And seriously, within minutes, all the rest of the stuff is all in the house. The couches are there and everything else, the big stuff and, you know, the armoire thing and whatever. And, you know, carrying stuff upstairs and carrying stuff into the living room. And then he's like, man, this is great. And that was the beginning of a friendship with them. We're, we're, we were like best friends right there. You need help like that with something far heavier. We need help like that with something far heavier than my couches, which, you know, Isaac's not, Isaac and Becca are not here, are now safely located over at Isaac and Rebecca's house so they can move those heavy couches next time. We need help moving couches with something way heavier than couches, and that's the burden of sin. Because the burden of sin tricks us into thinking that we're all by ourselves, Even though we know that we can't carry it on our own, we get trapped, caught. So as brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you not, not only to confess your sins to the Lord, but if you are caught in a sin, if you are caught in some trespasses, if you are carrying a burden, please talk to one of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Ask for help. You're not alone. And brothers and sisters in Christ, don't hammer them. Be gentle. The word that's used for restoring your brother is the same word that is used for mending a broken bone. It's the same word that's used for, for mending fishing nets. It requires care to handle carefully. And so when somebody asks for help with sin that, that, that they can't carry, when we get called upon, we get to be gentle in restoring one another. And you know what? We're not always going to like it. But that's what we get to do. And while we're doing it, watch yourself. Don't get tempted to fall into the same trap. Okay? And as we're going through... The temptation as we're helping brothers and sisters with their sin is to get conceited and be like, I'd never do that. It's really easy to, to look around. If you're looking at someone else's sins, if you're looking at somebody else's sins, if you're looking around the room, if you're looking around Word of Life, if you're like, you know, on the, on the online campus and you're like looking at all these people, you know, who are in the camera shot and you're like, oh, I am not like that. I have actually had, uh, you know, somebody come to me both in multiple towns, multiple churches, including this one, and say, do you know who's going to your church? I'm like, I don't know, there's a lot of new people trying to keep up. And they're like, yeah, but do you know so-and-so? Do you know that what they've done? I'm like, mm, no. Well, they're, no, and then it gets really, really ugly. Look, don't be looking around here. What Paul is saying is, don't be looking around the church at everybody else's sin and saying, oh, I'd never do that. I'd never be like that. 
I couldn't get caught in that sin. Uh Uh-uh, no way, never happened to me, never happened to me. Don't ever do that. Because that's not why we're we're helping one another out. But um, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he just deceives himself. If you think it could never happen to you, you're lying to yourself. This is that phrase of, but for the grace of God, there go I. We want to say that it would never happen to us. But the truth is, sin is sin. And it lays traps for everybody. So don't act like it could never happen to you, but let each one, you know, test his own work. So the whole idea is, when you're tempted to look at your, at your neighbor and their sins, how about instead look at yourself? Don't compare your life to somebody else's life. Don't look around the room and compare your sin or lack of sin to somebody else's. Look at yourselves. Look at yourself. And as we look at ourselves and we confess our own sin, as we test our own work, and then our reason for boast will be only in myself and not in my neighbor. So if you want to find something to brag about, look at yourself. But here's the problem. If you're going to act like you're better than everybody else and that your sin isn't sticky, then you'll be all alone. Verse 5, for each will have to bear his own load. If you're going to go around pointing out everybody else's sin and not looking at your own, then your friends and brothers and sisters in Christ aren't going to be there to bear you, to bear, bear your load. You're going to have to carry it yourself. And that load gets really heavy. And so as we're bearing one another's heavy loads, it's important for us to look at it in light of what Christ has done for us. You don't have to answer out loud. But I do want you to answer. What's your burden? What sin have you been carrying around that's burdening you? What sin do you feel like you can't share with anybody that you've got to carry it all on your own? Because if anybody else knew, you'd be devastated. And they treat you differently. What is it? I want to encourage you that Christ has already taken that load, Christ has already taken that burden. He who knew no sin became sin. The reproaches of us got laid on him. He bore our transgressions and he carried them all the way to the cross. And as he died on the cross, he took each and every sin, each and every burden that you're still trying to carry for some reason, and he put it on himself. And as he was crucified, he paid for those in full. So why are you taking them back? Why are you still carrying them around? He's already got him. The law of Christ is to 
to love one another. John 13, 34, and 35. A new command I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's what, he's, what, what Paul is talking about when he's talking about the law of Christ. It's to love one another. That's exactly what he's saying. And, it's, and as we're checking our, 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 you know, our fruit and not our neighbor's fruit, 2 Corinthians 13 says to, for us to examine ourselves. Did I throw that one in there or no? I got so many verses for this. All right, I'll, I'll buckle up, hold on tight. <laughs> so if we're going to reap what we sow, And as we're living this life of walking with Christ, the temptation could be for us to get tired. Don't get tired. What really tires us out is carrying burdens. But when we bear it together, Paul's calling us to not get tired of doing good works for everyone. Right here, it says, <clears throat> so then, let us not grow weary, verse 9. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those of the household of faith. As you're bearing one another's burdens, as you're, you know, as you're going for a walk of the Spirit, don't get tired. Don't get tired of doing good. What tires us out is sin. Don't do that. Carrying that burden is exhausting. Doing good works doesn't earn us anything with God, but our neighbors really need it. Do good works for everyone as you have the opportunity. And you know when you have the opportunities, right? Let's see if we can finish it off. Verse 11. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Uh, Paul you know, typically used someone uh, to, you know, to pen his letters to somebody who has great penmanship. You know that person in your life who's got really nice penmanship, you know, who you're like, here, you fill out the card. You know, that kind of person. Paul didn't have good penmanship. He didn't write real small, and apparently he needed a pair of readers, you know, because when he was writing, his letters were huge. Okay, so at the bottom, and paper was extremely expensive. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. He wants us to make sure that we know he's writing this. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to become circumcised. They're back, back to that whole thing again. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but, uh, but they desire to have you circumcised so that they can boast in your flesh. But Far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the whole world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but only a new creation. And as for those who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God." From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, your spirit, 
brothers and sisters, amen. He ends by circling back around that our works don't earn us anything with God, but an encouragement to bear one another's burdens. Romans 15 says that we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it comes down to this. I want to encourage you, church, to go for a walk with the Spirit. And God is going to produce good works in you, and he's going to produce it, and you get these opportunities to give good works for one another, to do it for one another, but it's not for you to boast about. It's not for you to do like, hey, look at me. We get to bear one another's burdens because Jesus Christ has already taken your burden. So today, I want to encourage you. If you've been carrying around a burden, if you've been trapped or stuck in some sin and you've just been carrying that stuff around for a while, first confess it to the Lord and then ask for some help. You're not alone. You've got brothers and sisters in Christ who will come alongside you and help bear that burden with you and carry it right to the cross of Jesus Christ so that you'll know that you are forgiven. You're not alone. We're in this together because of what Christ has done for us. Let's pray. Lord, you're awesome. And as we hear your word and realize that that your Holy Spirit is doing some amazing stuff in our lives, in our church, and you are doing good stuff. We ask you, Lord God, to protect us from arrogance, that we wouldn't be boasting in in anything other than you and what you've done for us. Because you are the one who takes our burdens and sets us free. We ask you, Lord God, to pour out your Holy Spirit to give peace and mercy that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ would be with each and every one of us. Give us courage, Lord God, to ask for help when we need it, because often we do. Remind us, Lord, that we do not carry these burdens alone. 
Remind us to be gentle and loving with one another as we restore It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.